Hello and welcome to the Point of Everything music podcast with myself, Ono Sullivan. Last Friday, January 29, Altered Hours finally released their debut album, In Heat Not Sorry, to the world. To say it's been long awaited and long anticipated would be an understatement. They're from Limerick and Clare and thereabouts in the Midlands, but they've been based in Cork City for a good few years now. They've honed their sound here and they've crafted an intense live experience. On Friday, they launched the album with the show at the Kino. I was working, though I work evenings, and I only got to the venue pretty much just as it finished. Uh, It instantly felt like I had missed something important. Uh, They were phenomenal, people told me. I wasn't surprised to hear such reports, but was just disappointed to have missed it. Uh, I'll rectify that on February 20 when they play the Workman's Club in Dublin. I've just got to see them on this album launch tour. They've got a load of dates lined up as well as an EU tour in March. But their Irish dates, for those of you who are interested, and everybody listening to this should be interested, like go see them if you can. They're playing the Regional Cultural Centre in Letterkenny on February 12th, the Casbah Social Club in Limerick on February 19, the Workmen's Club in Dublin on February 20, Roisin Dove in Galway, February 25, Belfast's Black Box on February 26, and Kilkenny's Brewery Corner on February 27 before they head to Belgium. Loads of dates in England, including Cosmosis Festival in Manchester on March 12. And then they're going to France, Germany, Geneva, Italy. Ooh, it's going to be a good one for them. A week before the release of In Heat Not Sorry, I got to sit down with Cahill, Elaine and Kevin from the band in their studio near McCurtain Street uh, to talk about loads of things. How they got to this point, what it was like recording the album in Berlin with Fabian Lazur, with whom they also made their single slash EP Sweet Jelly Roll a couple of years back. Uh, We also talked about the Cork scene and uh, lots more, really. It's a really interesting interview. But before we get into that, I just wanted to shout out Steve McAvoy of Turin Sounds, turanaudio.com, T-O-R-A-N-N-A-U-D-I-O.com, for mastering the podcast. And just so you know, In Heat Not Sorry by Altered Hours is out now on 12-inch vinyl, CD, iTunes, download, etc, etc, etc. It's released by Penske Recordings and Art for Blind. And it's, yeah, it's in all good record stores. Okay. Let's get into this week's interview. It's Carl, Elaine and Kevin from Altered Hours talking to me. Let's go. So yeah, guys, how are you feeling a week out from both the the launch gig in the Kino and uh, the release into the world of the album? Are you nervous? Yeah, I guess excited and also nervous and also relieved to have it physically and ready to, you know, for people to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, how long of a gestation period was it? Like, you know, like I interviewed Cahill and Elaine ooh, almost two years ago for a magazine we did called We Play Here. And I have a, I have a quote from you, Cahill. I don't actually know if it made it into the interview, but you said, albums are scary and if it happens, it happens. So, like, how did it happen? I mean, you, you're very kind of... Uh, kind of happy-go-lucky about it I guess sort of thing you know um I think I just I have a lot of reverence for albums because they have helped me in my life so much so that's why I find it scary to add to the pile of albums you know (laughs) in the world it's kind of daunting I just have a lot of reverence for the format and the long play idea and didn't want to imagine that I could just do it whenever I wanted you know at that time of that interview two years ago I'm sure I just felt like there was probably enough songs but maybe not a cohesive album you know yeah 
So I, what I probably meant by that was just wait until there's enough songs to go into a studio that feels like an LP, you know? So, I mean, like, you've always kind of taken stuff slow. I mean, five years you guys have been together. Has it ever felt kind of, not like a slog, but has it kind of felt like... Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, has it felt like a slog at all? Or have you always kind of just taken things I've, as they've come? I've always dreamed it was a slog. That's what I hoped for when I started the band. <laughs> in, in what way, Carl? Just, I never expected it to be easy in the first place or that it would be, you know, that you'd be like, you know, rich or successful or anything. I always expected it to be, I always visualized a journey of a band to be like challenging to some degree, both internally and externally with the world, you know, with the music industry and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, when did you think about actually recording the album? Um, um, I if think you can remember. Like after we recorded Sweet Jelly Roll, we had the idea of going back to record with our producer Fabian again. And we just did that as soon as possible, basically, once we had enough songs and the funds to do it. So, like, he was happy to have you back. Like, he, you must have left a good impression. Maybe. I, I guess, like, he, we do get along pretty well. He is a strange, strange man, but <laughs> we're probably pretty strange too. There's good chemistry, you know? Yeah. He runs... A records. No, so no? this is a. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's um, Anton Newcomb. This was his engineer, Fabian Azur. Oh, okay. So we like, decided to go back to him because there was something interesting in the chemistry. Yeah. And also some friction, you know. We were kind of drawn to that, you know. He's passionate about music and he was passionate about our songs. So I guess when someone comes along like that that has great skills as an engineer like him, you know, yeah. we appreciated that we had come across someone who was interested in what we were doing. And that's worth working with people who want to get involved in that way and not just take your money, you know. We also had access to a really good room in Berlin, a really good studio for the drum sound, which is such an integral part of the, the record. So we kind of like jumped on that as soon as we could. Okay. So like the the friction that you talk about, Cahill, with the with the recording, like is that him, you know, telling you, oh no, don't do that, do this instead? No, not not entirely. It's just a different vision of what our songs could end up like and the finished product, you know. I think when you write when you when you write the song you always it always ends up different to how you imagine it in your head for many different reasons and you hope better, you know. And he just tried to bring out, I think, a more honest sound to all the songs, whereas I would be more inclined to lace things in effects or hide a lot of vocals, submerge them in guitars more, whereas I was interested in the way he was viewing our songwriting in a way where the vocals would be mixed above the guitars and very clear and you can hear clearly what the song is and about and you can, you know. Oh, okay. We were talking just before we pressed record about, like, do you actually like your vocals and everything? Um, like, was not hiding the vocals, but putting them under, layering them over the, under the guitars. Is that you just kind of like... Yeah, it's probably a bit of fear, you know, in yeah. that way. But that's why I liked working with Fabian, because he kind of pushed you out of that and kind of instilled a certain confidence in just being like, he'd say stuff like, it's just the song is the song, don't worry about anything, just sing the song and let the message be heard, you know, which is a very interesting thing to be told, you know. And is like, has the five years of the band, has that just given you all, both as individuals and I guess as a collective, like just a ton more confidence in, I, in terms of the music? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose it gives you a familiarity with, you know, the, the process, but I think it never feels like a, a final point is reached. For me anyway, I don't kind of feel like, okay, now, you know, I've done it for five years, so now I'm, you know, completely confident in what I do, but... I suppose it gives you it gives you experience and you know even I guess being in the studio you know it, it allows you to take criticism you know I certainly take criticism 
easier now than I would have at the start or I, I kind of know my limits or I can kind of see where I need to push myself more uh, in that time. But yeah, I think it's uh, like you were saying, the journey, I think, has been an important part and the you know, the pain is a strong word, but, the, you know, the kind of feeling that journey, I think, is something about this band that I really like. You know, I don't think it, we like things just to kind of float by. We kind of want to feel in them, changed by them and, uh, you know, part of the process, you know, time-wise as well. And I think that's that's why I do like that it has kind of stretched. I, I like a good story and I think we kind of like to, to make this band a story, as I feel. In terms of, like, the development sort of thing, like... Yeah, in terms of, of, I suppose, in terms of development, in terms of, you know, the the adventure or, you know, the challenges or, you know, the personal change that occurs, you know, like that, you know, confidence or knowing yourself. I think it's a good, I'm I'm really interested in that in general, just like the ability to know yourself or to, to be pushed. And it's a really good realm for those kind of things to happen, I think. And just in terms of the collective, then like when you're recording, is it a case that, you know, you're just so strong altogether that you know what somebody else is thinking or something like that, that you know what someone else is going to do and just kind of going there with them? I think I'm like continually surprised by what people in the group do. I think that's why I really like, you know, playing with everybody is that I don't necessarily know what they're going to do, but I do have a faith in their motivation so yeah I I don't I think I am continuously surprised by sounds other people in the band make or where they take something or how they interpret something but I definitely have there's a core belief in you know in I think amongst us that we trust what each person is doing. Do you kind of listen to separate things and kind of go away and do your own thing or you kind of all like there there are the same influences that you all have? I think we all listen to very different things. Mm -hmm. If we were left to our own devices for long enough, we'd probably have entirely different record collections, I, I would imagine. I think our common ground is actually more uh, on a human level than a musical level, actually, if, okay. you, if you get what I mean. Yeah. I think it's what Elaine is saying about how we're you know, beginning to trust each other and let, them, let everybody go off into their own world and just trust that the motivations are to make the music good and genuine and... That's all we really care about together, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, there's no there's no real plan, you know. Uh, we're not trying to get somewhere, you know. You're not trying to sound like another band? No, no. We're just trying to find our own voice, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, actually, funny enough, I think this record was just the first step to us finding our, our own voice. That's the way I would view our first album, is just the first step into the unknown for us of finding our own voice you know yeah. and trying to become more aware of just who we are and not what we should be in our minds you know does it take a while to kind of break out of that like what we should be or is it kind of a thing that is it's kind of hard to avoid at the start or something like what we should be we're a rock band or whatever you know is it kind of hard to actually form your own identity well i think you just have to look at you know again you don't have to even analyze that in a band you can just think about that on an individual basis, you know, like it's it's hard to find, it's hard to define what you are as a person when you're walking down the street or socializing or doing anything in the world, you know. I think it's hard for everyone to find their own voice in whatever they do and we just happen to be in a band so that's the vessel we're using to try and find our yeah. voice. And get confident and everything and what yeah. you want to be. Yeah, and just, just try and interpret the world the best way we can. Yeah, and I suppose accept what it is you are as well. I suppose, you know, everybody has so many people they admire or, you know, so many bands they admire. And I think, you know, if you're going to kind of be a parrot, 
you will run dry very quickly because you know the wealth is in the it's in the individual and it's in that and that comes with good and bad points and I think it's just kind of accepting what it is you know that you are as a group or as an individual that that can lead to um an original sound ideally you know which is something that is hard to capture I suppose um as a rock band or as a musician you know like guitar bands have been around for a long time and people have loved them over the years and you know to try to use that format to um do something that is you know somewhat original I think is you know it can be difficult but I think the only way through that is to kind of be like well this is how we sound and I think the more you try to to be like others the less that 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 is possible you know when like you started being talked about and written about and stuff and people started comparing you to other bands like what's the reaction then I'm just thinking like in terms of what is any band's reaction to that sort of thing I know that you can only speak for yourselves but like what were you being compared to and like did you rebel against that afterwards you're like oh we don't want to sound like that band We've been compared a lot to My Bloody Valentine. We've been yeah. compared a lot to the Brian Johnson Massacre, the Pixies, Sonic mm. Youth. Mm. They're the ones that spring to mind in any articles I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. The I most, think it's, anyway. it's bittersweet in a way because it's like, oh, you know, fuck, I love, I love the Pixies or something. But then you're kind of like, I know I'm not the Pixies. Um, <laughs> so what does that mean? You know, I think it, it, on one hand, yeah, yeah, it's a compliment. You know, you're being compared to, to somebody that you grew up listening to and love. I think it's a hard maybe pill to swallow because you're kind of like, you know, you, you know in in a way that you're not, and then at the same time you want to be um, understood in your own terms. But I, I, I think we all do it. Of course, we need to reference something in order to understand it or to try to put it in in a kind of a, a context. Like to be honest, I don't think I believe it. That would usually be my reaction. Like I'd kind of say, okay, but I don't think I necessarily. It doesn't kind of absorb into me as sort of like oh yes we are like this group you know I kind of think okay I kind of get it but and of course there's the case then as well where someone would compare you to a group we were talking about earlier that you've never listened to and that and that's possible as well and that's why sometimes I I don't really buy into it because people will just hear their own um you know the things they love or their own reference and and sometimes that's something that you've never even heard so I guess the album so like how long of a recording was it in uh, Berlin? Three weeks. Three weeks. Did you like you had all the songs ready to go? Not all of them. No, some of them just had like some chords and a few lyrics and one beat. And we might have just there was definitely a couple, yeah. wasn't there? That we just kind of figured out in the studio for fun. You know, just kind of like, oh, I really want to include this in this album. Let's just try it out, even though we didn't actually rehearse it beforehand. Yeah. Like he had a longer track listing or a longer a yeah, longer think, set of songs. Yeah, we recorded like fourteen or fifteen songs, yeah. I think, yeah. and then just whittled it down to ten for this. Yeah, yeah, keep it concise. Yeah, yeah, I think it's nicer with with records to make them like, you know, I always think of it in terms of like try and make it like a bullet, you know, so that it, you kind of it's always understandable presentation, you know, which is sometimes really hard because in a way you want to tell everyone all the different facets of what you're doing, because I think we could technically have released ten completely different tracks, you know. And kind of stood behind them in some way, but we just decided that in heat not sorry, just had this feeling, so we would serve this feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like follow what the song, where the songs are taking us, and make it into an album by like following it blindly to some degree, mm. without forcing it into it. Yeah. What 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 is the album title from? Um, it's not from anything. It's just uh, Lane made it up. Oh, okay. When we heard it first, it kind of like drew all the songs into focus in a way yeah. we hadn't felt before and it just kind of made sense it was like what we felt about the music you know 
Oh, okay. We were laughing about it for ages. Elaine suggested it, and we all just laughed, you know, and we're like, ha, ah, that's, that's funny. In here, not sorry. And then maybe a couple of weeks later, it's just like, yeah, in here, not sorry. <laughs> and everyone, everyone in the band, when it was put to everyone in the band, everyone just went, huh, yeah. What other titles did you have? Did you come up with? Can you remember any? Do you want to tell us any? <laughs> My Elliot Smith is louder than yours. <laughs> Ideas in E major. That was another one. They were just, yeah. some of them were just jokes. You know, the way yeah, it's yeah. so much easier to come up with a funny joke for your friends than it is to come up with something that actually encapsulates mm, this yeah. thing. Is it hard to come up with the song titles as well? Because some of them aren't, like, they're usually they're lyrics on an album, on, on a song or whatever. Mm. But yeah. there's a couple here that, aren't i'm right in saying that aren't i yep. yeah yeah i'm not sure i think every song isn't written in the same period of time so there's different reasons isn't there why you would yeah. you know what i mean sometimes yeah. you just be like oh i'll just call it that because that's like the word in the song and it's just chilled i it guess it's mean. like the uh, bullet thing too you know you want to like arrest people as soon as you can you know with the idea of the song and so the track title is often the first part of that you know the third track rotting is just 85 minutes of guitar like what? 85, 85, minutes. Minutes. 85 minutes 85 seconds <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> I've listened to that song like on repeat for 85 minutes yeah. you know was that just you kind of messing about in the studio that like, was just me I think it was just yeah. one take of oh, a guitar yeah. just for fun just sounds sounds good just think one take just mm. did it then decided that was it just had a gnarly feel to it yeah and thought it said something nice there in track 3 I like it too like I didn't, I didn't play it obviously but I like it because it's to me it's like you know, the the ability of one guitar to be a rock band as well. You know, I like it for that reason. It's probably the least thought about song on the album, actually, isn't it? In in regards to, like, it, it's not that conceptual. It, it was literally played once, you know, and then called Rotting and then put on an album. <laughs> that was it. Were you recording live or were you kind of, like, all doing your parts separate? Um, and No, we did a lot of it live, yeah. We did nearly everything by the vocals live, and then if something we didn't like afterwards, we can we we had everything isolated so that we could manipulate it if we needed to, mm-hmm. just tones and stuff like that. But overall, like all the drum takes and bass and stuff like that was pretty much done live, as much as possible, basically. We've yeah. kind of learned that that's the most important thing for us in recording is do as much live as possible. You know, that's kind of where the strength of the band is. I think. Yeah. Is does that take a while as well to kind of get to grips with? Okay, we're we're a live band rather than like a recording band sort of thing. Well, I think we're a recording band too, but... Uh, I, I, I guess uh, <laughs> separately. You couldn't see my in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> I guess just recording in a lot of different ways, doing kind of different ways of recording and kind of multi-tracking stuff and then doing it live and then realizing that, you know, the, the feeling that we're trying to get across comes across much more strongly when it's just whatever the five of us in a room. Yeah, you know. it kind of means well, you know, not to knock overdubbing and multi-tracking is a great way of recording, and it suits loads of styles of music. But I think it does mean a lot to me this album because I can remember the takes so well with the people, you know. So certain tracks I just remember how it felt. So it's kind of nice to have that on a record, and it was actually a moment mm. that we had, yeah. as opposed to something that was assembled in post-production. Yeah, but you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, yeah. But it is nice. That is a nice thing to come from live recording is that, you know, I can look at a track like Saviors and I'm kind of like, I kind of remember doing that with Nora and kind of figuring out the groove and just getting in a nice groove. And, you know, I can remember that and now it's on a record and I'm, I I just like that personally. I don't know. No one else would probably care about that, but that means a lot to me. Yeah. And that's nice too. Well, I mean, it's not just the listener you're creating an album for either though, I suppose. Is no. It? It's, you're creating it for yourself. No, you're as just well. trying to. Especially when it's, is, when it's independently released as well, I guess. 
Yeah. I mean, I think you should always be just trying to do it for you, you know? I mean, you know, I, I'm kind of a strong believer that kind of, no matter what the artist is doing, they're right, you know? They're always right. The artist is always right. Yeah. <laughs> the listener is always wrong. No, the listener is right too, but it's just, you know, that's, that's some complicated stuff there now. Uh, <laughs> Um, Everyone is right all of the time, basically. <laughs> when it comes to music, I suppose. Yeah, you yeah. can't be wrong if, you know. Unless you're trying to, as I have done many times, just listen to a song over and over again, like, what is it about? Yeah. I think it's about this. Mm-hmm. And then it actually comes out, oh no, it's, it's, it's a metaphor that I didn't understand. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, think, I think the interpretation of the listener that, you know, once you release a song or an album, blah, 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 it's not yours anymore. Yeah. Now, now in, order to, in order to complete the, the cycle or the communication, it has to be taken into account, that interpretation. Our interpretation only happened when we wrote it, demoed it, recorded it. Our job is done. We know what the album is like. We know what we think about it. Yeah. Technically, we don't need to release it. We're just releasing it for the interpretation of the world so that they can do what they want with it. Yeah, and like going into the album, like people who have seen you live over the years will be familiar with a couple of the tracks, won't they? Like yeah. Silver Leather and Grey on Blue. Yeah. Did they change much? Like um, over the years, um, very subtly, I think. Yeah. To us, probably a lot, but I think overall, their actually structure and conceptually and sound-wise, what we're actually always going for, it was quite similar since the start. Those two songs, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've changed subtly for us, but overall, I would say that they were quite together since they were written from the start. You know. I would say like "Grey and Blue" is my favorite song on the album. Cool. Like I've listened mm-hmm. to that a lot. Even more than the rotting, which I played for. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a little bit slower than it is live. Is it? Uh, I I think so. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, it's been a while since... It's been... Oh, man. We play it at so many different tempos at every gig. Yeah. 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 We're we're like... If we're on an adrenaline rush, we'll play everything faster. Double time. Yeah. yeah. We're not that professional. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's, you know, that's important. That's something that's that I really like about the band is that it's always kind of... I don't like that, man. Real. You know, <laughs> get more pro. <laughs> <laughs> get that not. in your ears. Um, you know, no, yeah, that's just the way it came out that day, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, yeah, you know, again, yeah. it's just like, could have recorded it the day after, it would have been a bit faster. We did try to do it chilled out, though, you know. Yeah. Um, it sounds like such a simple song. You know, it's, it's kind of just it one guitar simple. riff. Yeah. Really, as well, and just like gray on, like in my bedroom, looking at the ceiling, gray on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, it is just one feeling, and that's what I was, you know, trying to get at in the song. It is just one feeling. It's just, you know, to me, it's a very Irish view looking out the window, and it's kind of gray and blue. You know what I mean? Kind of, and that's how I feel inside, and that's all the song is about. Yeah, yeah. It is just a trend. It's just a very basic thing of just like staring at a confusing sky, you know, and trying to space out as best you can. That's that's actually all that song is to me anyway. Do you want to talk about like another couple of the tracks? Like, I'm happy for you to kind of pick a song, maybe um, a song each or something that you want to talk about. That uh, seems de- that's democratic enough. <laughs> yeah, you know the track list. I don't. I've got to check it. Um, what one? I guess I think a one. I imagine the very last track won't be talked about that much because it's sort of a quiet, somber end to a sort of a more heavy, upbeat album. But I, I like that song a lot. Laughing on their knees. Yeah. I, li- I like that track because we did it entirely live, including the vocals. So again, I remember the moment really well when we recorded it and it was a really beautiful moment. And uh, zero overdubs and we were in a circle and it was just this beautiful feeling. So I guess that's why I like that song is, so much. Is that one that would be kind of newer? Yeah, that's really new. Yeah. 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 Well, was, it was kind of well, it was in a different way. Did it? 
remember? Uh, no, not really. Oh, okay. Was it in a, oh, it was kind of country yeah, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was actually different. Yeah, that changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't know. You've got to remember these moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what am I on about? No, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I, I kind of, I, I have a special place in my heart for that particular song. But like, that's just, again, it's just a personal thing. I don't really, I don't mind what anyone else thinks about it. You guys want to talk about a song on the album? I suppose Virgin Sleeve, I suppose, is another one that well, the vocals overdubbed, but we did again, like in the kind of format that Kyle's talking about, I suppose it was kind of evening time, everybody together in a circle. Just, you know, I, I, I like that song because things are hanging, things are about to fall apart and, you know, it's very tentative. I guess for you know for me that song is just try you know trying to have some kind of a departure from guilt and I guess it's kind of doing that in a non-religious religious way I suppose I don't know yeah that song I guess it means a lot to me like it's just I'm picking it because it's one of the ones that I wrote and I'm I guess I still like it so that's that's kind of that's good we like all the songs <laughs> yeah I know but yeah I guess I, I guess I, I'm I find it easier to um, often appreciate something somebody else in the group has wrote and maybe more critical of something that I have done. But oh, okay. with that one, I guess I I like it. Kevin, um, do you have a song? Um, you don't have to. You can say pass if you want. I should have said that at the start. Uh, pass. <laughs> pass out. Um, okay, you can, you can uh, tell us about what it was actually like being in Berlin for three weeks. That must have been... A nice experience, a cool experience. Yeah, definitely. Like, just kind of, we had kind of had that before when we were working on Sweet Chili Roll, just kind of like really long days in the studio, whatever, starting at whatever, 11, 12 in the morning and then finishing at 2, 3 at night, kind of, and then just having horrible, horrible, fitful sleep, like night terrors, fucking, yeah, that kind of thing. Why? I guess just kind of being overworked and kind of, oh, okay. you know, you know. It's, it's kind of like just a complete change in your life, I suppose. Yeah, but also just being really depleted at the end of each day and at the start of each day. But then with uh, when we went to recording Heat Not Sorry, we were like a bit more kind of prepared psychologically, so it was was a lot easier. We yeah. recorded Sweet Chili Roll in 2012, didn't we? Yeah, 2012. Yeah, that was a fucked up year. <laughs> <laughs> in what way? <coughs> Pass. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So, like, did you get to go out, experience the nightlife in Berlin? Not, not really during, not during the recording oh. sessions. So, yeah. yeah, we rock and roll, but there is a level of responsibility. Yeah, the first time we did again. But yeah, but like not, not, not. Oh, yeah. You mean when we went over to play, or oh, was that that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, yeah. So we went yeah. to record. But no, it's like great. It's strange. It's you get treated like an adult there, so you kind of act like one. <laughs> you know, you can buy beer any time of the day you could you know we'd, oh, okay. we'd finish recording i remember one day it was like we fin- me and Kyle finished at four during the sweet jelly roll session we just walked down the road to a news agent lovely clear like middle of the night just got two beers and just sat down and had them you know you you can't like you can't do that in most of europe you know yeah you just have to be in bed you just have to go to bed Shut up. You know? yeah i think i think as well um no i forgot what i was going to say i don't think anything okay have you ever thought about Moving away from Cork, like maybe even moving to Berlin, or is that just too much for well, a five-person band? It would be a lot logistically, but I mean, I think I would have thought it when I was younger more, and thought that that would help. But all I need is a, a microphone and a guitar, and I can do that here, and I can travel there and enjoy it. So 
I don't know. I have thought about it. I suppose I get better. We've all probably thought about moving a million places, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. Just for our lives as well, you know, yeah. not just for the band. Yeah. Like Ireland's pretty dismal, like a lot of the time, isn't it? So it's, you know, you know, like this, you know, the grass is greener thing, but I kind of like to think that it's just like we're in our studio right now and we do all our work here and we can do that anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, like we get to tour around Europe later this year and stuff. So in a way, it doesn't have it make a difference, you know? Mm. Yeah. I think I thought it would have years ago, though. Mm. But I think that was me just being a little bit overly idealistic about moving somewhere that would affect me more. But you'd be afraid it might distract too. You think, you know, it could be cool to have all this external influence and this new place and all this nightlife and you meet new interesting people. But also I'd just be afraid that it would actually do the opposite then, you know, that you would just get lost amongst the the noise, you know, yeah, you know, that would be cool too. Yeah. Mm. But I kind of enjoy just writing songs and doing that, you know. It's very basic what what we're looking for, really. I think so. And there's that thing if you're living in Berlin, there's something to do every night. You know? Yeah, it's kind of probably hard to get any work done. Yeah, and well, they speak English in Berlin, but I've often thought, you know, I don't really speak German, and I have no, I'd have no ability to survive or very little uh, capacity to survive there. You know, I'd be just about qualified to clean a toilet, and which you know I've done here too, and that's fine. But I think that yeah, the survival part would probably be kind of harder. Yeah, maybe. It should just be really fun. Maybe we should do it. Yeah. Let's yeah. Do it. Oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> oh, no. What have I started? Guys, you can't leave Cork. Don't leave. Um, I know, like, when just no, going. We are committed to being a Cork band. <laughs> we will never leave. If anyone listens to this podcast, we Life won't is. go. I promise you can call into us anyway. Well, th- this was kind of a big theme of the We Play Here magazine that we did la- um, two years ago. Yeah. And, like, I was just reading over the transcript of the interview and I was like, oh, man, I'm talking about Cork way too much. I'm like, elevating it above probably what it should be but like just about the cork scene now like two two years on how do you feel about it now it seems like a couple of bands have broken up kevin's band saint yorda who, who i miss who i miss Ouch. dearly but um but like how do you guys feel about cork at the moment the same as i did two years ago i think enthusiastic enthusiastic but also just as enthusiastic about any other city you know in ireland anywhere like, yeah i think it's all i think i don't know how do I feel? I don't know. How do you feel? Like there's some great stuff here. Yeah. There's great stuff everywhere. You know. Personally, I'm just fo- I just want, as I said, I just want to. I just want to keep. You know, I've been writing songs since I was like 13. The same way I feel like I'm writing them now. So yeah, uh, and that was in Limerick, you know, and other places. So it's like I don't know. It's like I'm here now, and it's cool here. Mm. But it, we're just doing our thing in, in this four walls here, you know, and writing tunes just like about everything, you know. I don't know. It's hard to. It is, it is, it's just, it's, there's a lot of cool stuff here, basically. I, gu- I guess I think it's so okay to be excited about it too, Owen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I, you like it here, just enjoy it, you know. I do, I do like it here. I guess I was kind of trying to get at the kind of the more wider part. Like, do you feel like the crowds are thinning out or like the venues are certainly thinning out with the venues pubs yeah. again? Yeah. That is a huge problem. Yeah. There's a void going. Death. Yeah. Well, I think that's something as well, you know, like, uh, you know, for us, like in the, in the, you know, early days of the band, you know, there was a recession, you know, like there was a lot of empty spaces and there was a lot of, you know, people just like, you know, using that opportunity, I suppose, you know, it was okay to be on the dole. It was okay not to have a mortgage. It was okay not to be a young professional. I think that, you know, just in a cultural sense now that's changing again an upturn in the economy it's not okay really to it's not as okay to be poor and it's not as okay to be an artist and you know we like have to leave here like you know Camden Palace has closed down there's a many venues gone so this was that I think that is a um will be a big change in the in the Cork scene and I, I don't know necessarily 
how that would affect it. Like we can't, I don't, I don't expect everyone to live that way forever either, but I think that's something. Can I just interject and yes, say that please. where we're sitting right now will be a call center before the end of the year? Yeah. Is that what the plan is? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I Art think. out business in. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a big kind of thing that we have noticed changing, um, you know, and I think that in order for us now to continue doing what we're doing, we will be more outsiders than we were during that time when it was, you know, yeah, it wasn't an embarrassment to be on the door and be a musician. But, uh, you know, I think it will, it, people will begin to, you know, not accept that as much as it's easier to get a job or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, that that's something that I think about a lot. Even this week, I've been thinking about it a lot because... Fintan O'Toole in the Irish Times is writing about the Oscar nominations at the Irish films Brooklyn and um, Room got recently. And he yeah. was talking specifically about Emma Donoghue, how like the Oscar nominations didn't just happen. He referenced going to see two of her films like 20 years ago in some venue that I can't even remember the name of up in Dublin um, that I don't think exists anymore. And he says that they were crap plays that, you know, she hadn't developed or anything like that. And you have to cultivate the landscape so that the artist can develop. But then the politicians now are just jumping on the backs of Emma Donoghue and, you know, Cullum Tobin and Lenny Abramson and Jim Sheridan mm. just being like, well, hey, Ireland, Irish film yeah. is great. Ar- Ar- the Irish arts are thriving. Oh, whereas, yeah. Well, whereas they, they've completely yeah. cut all the fund. You well, know, they've cut yeah. the funding from like over 90 million in 20, like around the start of the recession to about 75 million yeah. now. And it's not going back up. Well, the way I see it is, you know, I don't know exactly what you're talking about there, but I mean... They just want it, they just they just want you on the brochure for tourism and things like that as far as I can see. Mm. You know, it's like our culture and our history and our literature and everything is so rich and vast and ancient and beautiful and at the same time technically we our band are a part of that yeah. lineage, you know. Mm. Being an Irish artist, you can't escape it. And you know, but at the same time you you know, you don't get treated with that respect unless some you get some sort of accolade like that, you know? Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? They but won't they don't you know, they'll they'll tap you on the back and applaud you when you get some sort of award or something. But like, I mean, when, if and when this room is turned into a call centre, like there's, you know, X amount of bands who are going to miss out on the experience of recording here and being allowed gestate, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. and stuff like that. So your concern is that it's just going to end and there won't be that gestation period and it will just no one will have the inspiration or space to do anything yeah you can't just have call centers in every second building (laughs) you know yeah that's what that's what i kind of worry about it's like where do the bands go to practice where do the bands go to play now yeah we had to pick the keynote sort of yeah um we needed a place that was roughly 200 capacity some of the other places we were talking with it was very it was becoming difficult or we weren't sure how it would work out you know what i mean so we just chose an empty space, you know, just to yeah. do it. So, I mean, there's always that. I mean, artists are inventive and intelligent a lot of the time and have imagination or we're, we, we're supposed, no, we don't know. <laughs> well, you know like what I mean? I said, like, as in like, you can, you figure it out, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, as much as I can give out about all that stuff as well, I think that's what I love and hate about Ireland. It gives me, you know, it gives me much, you know, to be kind of, it pushes you like it, it you know, you, you get squeezed like from every angle, like, do you know what I mean? And I think it, we're entering into a further time of being squeezed and you know whilst that's not necessarily comfortable in the same way that maybe the long journey of the band is necessarily comfortable you know there there is a positive to it like you know we could live on Schoenhazerade in Berlin and you know everything is liberal and you you know you have your beer but like what what do you have to say like you know what I mean so I think maybe not that I welcome that that kind of neglect of, of art by the government but at the same time in a weird way it adds to its creation maybe 
I don't know. Yeah. That's just kind of a besides, but... No, I mean, like, when, you, when you're being forced into a corner, I guess you're going to do something unexpected or... Yeah, I, I hope so, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, to get back onto a more positive note, <laughs> I suppose, just going back to the album, you're releasing it with Art for Blind and Penske. That's right. Um, yeah. How did that come about? We worked with Art for Blind with Dig Early, and it was just a really enjoyable relationship, really simple, and they just really support what we're doing. And when it came around to when we'd finished mixing the album, it's just kind of like, I don't know how we even got in touch. Were we just talking on the phone anyway or something? We were just discussing it, and they were like, oh, yeah, well, we'd be interested, you know? And I just talked to people and... Penske got involved, Albert, because he's he's been supporting and advising us for the last five years. Yeah. When we had our very first demos, we handed him into Plugged. Just gave him, said, hey man, will you listen to these? And, um, and he gave you some advice. He gave, I don't some know. Albert advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, he probably just tried to sell me a record. <laughs> but uh, I'm really proud to be working with Art for Blind and Penske Recordings, because, um, I don't know, they're great people. Danny Dedell, Art for Blind, they just are so real. We're their 49th release, you know, on the label. Wow, which is incredible, you know. Yeah, and that is, and they don't, they don't say a word. They just do their thing. They're just banging out records for the people, you know. And Albert's just started. He put out Woven Skull first, and they're good friends. I think for years, I'm not sure how long, but I'm pretty sure they know each other for years. So they decided to just collaborate, and it's just a nice. It's a nice. Feels to me like a bit of a crew release. I yeah, like that, you know. Feel like there's a bit of a crew going on, and I like that. Like there was no, um, they weren't saying, "Oh no, do this, do that." No, not at all. Yeah. No, not at all. No, they just let you do whatever you want and they're really nice and supportive and obviously they've helped financially and helped with some of the logistics of the printing and whatever else we need really it does seem like you have these people to kind of help you along the way like um magdalena who took the cover photo as a friend yeah. as well isn't she and well, like isabella as well who's taken photos of you yeah, and traveled isabella, with you for sure yeah yeah there's definitely been while well, there's been challenges along the way like I think there's definitely been you know like people who've just you know you um you know Breed um Joe from the Pavilion Albert yeah Isabella there's been a lot of people who've supported what we've done like and that's been you know, that's really helped a lot so many enormously people, really. like you know yeah yeah yeah, you, yeah you know. it's hard to nearly accept because you know in a way as in it to, that people would even support you know I found mm. that hard for ages mm. you know just kind of like that people actually want to help yeah just give your their time band. yeah just even give you their time you know it's like it's like I value my music and our music, but I don't expect anyone else to as such. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of, you're nearly like, whoa, really? You want to you wanna put out our album? Yeah. Cool. And then you're touring for like pretty much all of March. February and March. February and yeah. March is all, yeah. Yeah, so we're, yeah, we're doing all of Ireland in February. Kind of every weekend we're doing a couple of trips around and then pretty much all of March. We're UK and mainland Europe, yeah. What cities are you looking forward to going back to? Paris. Yeah, yeah. We always have a fun time in Paris. We've played. We've only played there twice, but for some reason, yeah. both shows have been very well received, and people seem to come along and know what we're about. And we've always had a nice time there. Just love the French; they're hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be. And like, is is the audience kind of just different for it as all? Well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's hugely different for us, anyway. Yeah, I don't know why it's, that is. Yeah, we've definitely noticed that, haven't we? Quite a few times. We played Switzerland once in Lausanne and it was like packed and amazing and yeah. so nice. We got such a nice reception. People really knew what we were about. But it's kind of funny if you were to compare the, the crowds in Paris to the crowds in Switzerland. The Parisians are very kind of like loud and rowdy and it's kind of fun. But the, the Swiss, you know, they were great. The room was full, but they all just stood there 
not one of them talking to each other or just everybody listening as hard as can. Oh, just, wow. Yeah, yeah. Really kind of... In a nice way, in but, a nice like way but coming from Ireland. Coming from, yeah. yeah. You're like, are you serious? <laughs> and talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. This is yeah. a bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I was at a gig on Wednesday and there was just... Like, I was kind of standing far enough back in the venue, but, like, everybody behind me was just talking. Mm. And, you know, tickets for the gig weren't that cheap. I was yeah, like, it's crazy when that happens. Money. Yeah. Why aren't you listening? Yeah, I guess, you know, they pay money, they can do whatever they want as well. There's that way of looking at it too. I'm on the fence actually about that. <laughs> I'm, I, th- I think if there's a load of people talking at our gig, I just think that's my fault. You need to do more to yeah, connect. not good enough. Turn the, but like, turn I'm not saying that about whoever you were at. I just, that's how I would actually, inter- I would feel like that. If a lot of people, I wouldn't go, would you please all be quiet? I'd be like, you paid whatever to get in here, do whatever you want. Like, do, you, <laughs> do you find that um, like you're kind of being helped along or you're making friends on the European tours as well. Like people are coming up to you afterwards and like you're being offered places to stay or something. Yeah, for like sure. Yeah. 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 Is that just kind of another thing? But that happens like, in Ireland oh, too. Yeah. Not just Europe, you know, or mainland Europe or whatever. Well, like, I guess everywhere. it's just because it's probably newer for you. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 You'd be more unknown. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. But that actually, people are usually nicer to you when you're unknown, aren't they? Yeah. You're just a passing through band and you can have any relationship you want that night because you're gone the next day. You can trash whatever room you're Well, you know, you can, yeah, you can, you know what I mean? And Cosmosis Festival as well. You're playing that for the mm-hmm. second year in a row. Were you, were you asked back? Were you yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. They asked us back to after the first time we played, I think. It was kind of an interesting gig. It was a great, like it was in a, you know, big old house. It was falling down, like pretty much. We had a kind of, I think it was, you know, in one way, one of my worst gigs, another way it was really enjoyable. Like the sound was, you know, what could go wrong did go wrong. Like, but the crowd, I think, got behind us on it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't to do with us. It was a kind of a, they were having major technical issues. Like the generators were, you know, soaked and Like Elaine threw her mic on the ground in the middle of a song and just started shouting at people like, <laughs> Yeah, stuff which I thought um, was great. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's a different venue this year. I think they have like the right idea, and they've gotten like an amazing lineup. So it'd be kind of cool to see what they do this time. You know, yeah. And it's a lineup it. where you fit right in as well. Yeah, I think I guess, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of a lot of the bands playing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to seeing the Ravenettes. They don't gig too much. I don't think. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. So I guess we finished on a positive. I think you know. Yeah, talking about, about technical issues. And <laughs> yeah, so the album is out on Friday. I'm not sure when this podcast is is going to be up and out in the world, but like, you excited about the road ahead? Yeah, I, guess. I think so. Like, life is just a good story, really. So the band is just a, a you know a good story. I hope we can you know continue to make it interesting and yeah, just kind of keep pushing and keep writing and see you know get to play and get to just experience. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's great to have a piece of work with you to to sell after a show or to, you know, to let people to, you know, to bring something home and that it is a substantial piece of work to share around. So that's exciting. I'm proud of that. Cool. So when's the second album out? Oh man. ASAP, 2050. Honest, you know, like as soon as we get home from tour and we're going to try and figure out how to record and what to do, we have so many songs, like, but like, we just don't know, you know what I mean? And I, I'm just hoping I don't break anything this year as well. <laughs> so it's very, I'm really excited about going on tour this year too, but we had a tour for October 2014 and I broke my arm you know right before it and I had to cancel it and I was oh, just yeah. like oh my god you know so I kind of know what it feels like to have a big tour booked and then not do it as well yeah. so I'm kind of like excited and also I hope to god we're all intact in like a couple of weeks just, just to do it yeah just wrap. like yeah but really like I guess the journey of our band is we are we are kind of hell-bent and also hell-bent on just extracting all of the crazy energy that we have inside us, you know, to, to get it out into some rock and roll music or whatever it is. And, you know, if I had the money and the 
space and time without being too busy we'd be recording like tomorrow you know for a while and you know what i mean like we we want to do as much as possible there's a lot of energy inside us to get out and this is as i said this is only the first step like for us to find our voice i think or i feel like that class yeah that's so exciting i'm excited for you guys thanks thank you thanks 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 for for talking talking to us can't wait to for you to have the album out in the world and for everyone to know how good it is Uh, cheers man thanks guys good night